On this week's extinction event, I have no idea. It's Jack's episode. He hasn't told me anything about what he's doing. This is going to be exciting. No, it's not. Yes, it is. (laughs) Oh, no. Warning. This episode has explicit violence from man-eating tigers. Welcome to Extinction Event. Wow. Should I even be saying that? Uh, Technically, no. This is my episode. Okay. Okay. I performed a corporate takeover of the pod (laughs) since last time. And uh, this is my episode that I'm doing by myself. Melissa, if you'd like to chime in every once in a while (laughs) while I tell this story, you know, with some witty observation or some snarky comment, please feel free. I did all the work. I'm so nervous. I researched it and I read the Wikipedia article. <laughs> I put it in a Google Doc. You've so been working on it for a while. You just feel free to sit back, okay. and relax, and point by point tear down my little story because it's a lot of fun. I am so excited. I'm also a little scared that I'm just going to be silent the entire episode. Oh, you're not scared enough. Believe me. This episode it's scary gets dark. Oh, okay. This episode is the Beast of Chumpawat. <laughs> okay. What is Chumpawat? It's like... a region in India. Okay, okay, okay. I have to interrupt real quick, and I don't know how long your episode's going to be you haven't told me anything about it so just in case it depends on how many times i have to pause for you to throw up outside because you're so terrified to your bones it's pretty gruesome oh my god that's why you put a warning Uh uh-huh on the beginning okay this is our most pg-13 episode ever wow and you'd say normally they're g-rated some violence and nudity okay uh what was i gonna say I don't know how long your episode is going to be. If it's not very long, I do have a special thylacine or Tasmanian tiger update. They were recently in the news again, and uh, we haven't talked about it. So if we have time. Yeah, you can listen to it on your way to the freaking insane asylum. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because you've been so terrified by the beast of chump. What? This is so weird. I don't... Oh my gosh. Anyways. Yeah. The Champawat Tiger. The Champawat Tiger. Wait, wait, we're beginning we're starting? Yeah, this is my this, episode. Okay, okay, go, go. The Champawat Tiger. The Champawat Tiger was a Bengal tigress responsible for an estimated and I'm gonna pause for effect here. Four hundred and thirty six deaths in Nepal and the Kumon in the Kumon area of India during the last years of the 19th century and the first years of the 20th. I, I don't believe it. 436 people. It's a fake number. That's f- like five people a month for seven years. Yeah, I don't buy it. I don't like, does a tiger even eat that much? Five times a month? Yes. 
are you? Sh- uh, it seems like a tall tale. It's not. And let me tell you why. Also, a turn of the century, the keeping records, like how accurate do we really think that number is? Mm, let me see. Do you think you'd notice if somebody went missing? You'd be like, oh, did I used to have one child or two? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I like how you're doing the story and the jokes today. <laughs> Keep going. Suspend your disbelief. This is all real-ish. As far as I can tell. Also, normally when I do the episodes, I look up exactly where the region is. And right now I have no idea where th- this region is. Like I'll be have seen it on a map and I'm like, yeah, I know where that is. But only because well, I looked it up five minutes open earlier. Open your ears, Melissa. And welcome the information that's about to flow into you. Okay. Your but ear holes and into your brains. You said somewhere in India. Champawat region of india (laughs) can i please go on with the story notably small country of course continue so our story begins in the rupal village in western nepal in the himalayas now the himalayas are this giant mountain range you may have heard of (laughs) on the border between nepal and india yeah does this geography getting a little bit zeroed in now Mm, a little bit uh, and she starts attacking people in Nepal. Right? She, she's a tigress. Tigress. I, mean, I guess I'm not listening. I'm so nervous. Oh wow! Keep going. It's the easiest job. You just shut your mouth. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Keep going. Hunters are sent in to kill a tiger right off the bat. You know, it starts killing people. That's going to be your first step. Hunters come in, but she manages to give them the slip. Eventually, the Nepalese army is called in. Whoa. They also fail to capture and kill the tiger. But the soldiers organize a massive beat. And what what a beat is, is where you get a bunch of people with pots and pans and guns, rocks, drums, whatever. And you stand in a big line and you just make a lot of noise and kind of march and scare a tiger out of whatever region. You beat them out of the forest. They get scared of the loud noise, and they're like, what's going on? And they don't go towards the loud noise. They go away from it. And they drives them out of the area. And they successfully do this. They make a big, long line, drive the animal out of the area, and it works. And they force the tiger to abandon her territory, go across the border and into India, where she continues her killing activities in the Kumon district. She's left Nepal uh, after killing a, a handful of people. Uh, okay. I feel like we're going so fast. I, can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. It seems like it escalated from the local people trying to kill it to calling in These the army. These are humble beginnings. What? Humble beginnings in Nepal. Just a, a tigress going out killing. Right. And yeah, the army gets called in. How many are dead before the army gets called in? Irrelevant. Irrelevant. I mean, just giving me an estimate, like 10, 20? Enough for an army to be called in. <laughs> it wasn't part of my research. <sighs> okay. Okay. The, the real meat of the story is in India. So they moved her. And let me tell you why Okay. the real meat of the story is in India. Because when she comes to India, everything kind of changes. She continues killing there, but her strategy changes. She starts behaving more like a Siberian tiger. 
And mm. this means she's patrolling a larger territory with many different villages. The other thing is she'd only kill during the day. Okay. She would swoop in, usually going after women and children, out collecting stuff for the villages, kill them, drag them off someplace, eat them, and then, you know, big uh, rescue team would come out, all the people in the village, boom, she's gone. Under cover of night, she goes 20 wow. miles to the next place. So this is the opposite of what a tiger would typically do, correct? Well, a Bengal tiger is not going to have a huge territory like this. Well, that, yeah, part of it. But also, what do they normally hunt it during the day? Or is it? wouldn't they do it at night? That's what you think. And I don't know. But this one. <laughs> Something to look up. <laughs> okay. This one was notorious, only killing during the day. That's why I Fleeing asked, at night. Is that, is she super smart? You know, is there like some other reality where tigers become the rulers of a planet somewhere because this one tigress was so smart that she like went to the top of all species? It's a good question. I don't have a good answer for you. If whether that's peculiar to her or not, but it's working for her. Does, what does she look like? Is this a regular tiger? Just stripy, stripy, orange. What's the difference between a female and a male Bengal tiger? Well, genitalia. <laughs> okay, genitalia. Go, go on. So she's how many is she killed now? I don't have a running tally mark, but she's killing this new behavior of a larger territory is why she's so efficient. Okay. Huge territory, strikes during the day, eats, eats, scoots off some 32 kilometers to the next place. So she's exclusively eating humans at this point? Yes. Wow. And this is a big region with a lot of different villages. And the other thing is that she had a reputation for never coming back to the same spot. So imagine you're a hunter and you're trying to get this tiger, but... It's in like this 200 mile range and you have all these different villages to that might get attacked at any time during the day. And you and don't have a car. You have no car. It's just like impossible. So everybody is just terrified because at any moment going out and doing your job, you could get plucked by this tiger and nobody could do anything about it for seven years. Can't they just put a bounty? Well... They kind of do. Okay, okay. A one-person bounty. <laughs> they call in Edward James Corbett. Corbett. Is it Corbett or Corbet? Well, I'm going to say Corbett because I'm American. Oh, got you, got you. And I, it has two Ts, which made me think it's Corbett. Me too, yeah. Edward James Corbett is a British hunter, tracker, and naturalist. He holds the rank of colonel in the British Indian Army. Wow. And eventually, he'd be frequently called in by the government to hunt these man-eating tigers and leopards that were preying on people in all these villages. But this is his first man-eater that he's been assigned to go hunt down. Wow. Okay, so he's not a rookie at hunting he's a hun- down he's a, Yeah, lions, he's a hunter. But this is his first man-eater? Yeah. So he is a rookie because this is like the smartest tigress that's ever been around since humans 
have been around, right? Sure. I mean, you could you could venture that guess. I don't know if we're going to, there's any way to like verify that this is the smartest tigress, but it hasn't been caught and it's been very efficient at killing people. You're right. I kind of jumped to <laughs> jump there a little bit. I was so amazed by her kill count. I don't think she's stupid. So, yeah, it could be pretty smart, Tiger. Or what if she's like a Tiger version of a serial killer? I have some insight on her motives, and I think it's going to blow your mind. Okay, keep going. Yeah, I'll (laughs) wait. So they call in James Corbett, and he first gets called into this village. I think it's called Bali where the tiger recently killed a young woman. She was out like collecting leaves and branches for livestock, right? So he gets there and the whole region is paralyzed. Like men are refusing to go to work because they heard a tiger roar in the jungle. Uh Like he literally gets there and everything is empty. Wow. People haven't left their houses in like five days. There's food shortages. Nobody's out harvesting crops. Like everyone is just peeing their pants so terrified like 2020 yeah but imagine coronavirus is a tiger yeah okay (laughs) i'm with you tell me more and legitimate reason to be terrified yeah any second a tiger could come and during the day it's one thing like don't go out at night during the day nah scary i would be (laughs) like Like you're going out with a group of people and you're trying to be on the inside of the group. That's how they would like travel in groups of like 20. (laughs) Right. But but who's on the outside of that group? That's. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is like trying to get in the middle. Yeah. Okay. So he goes to this site where this this young woman had just been killed who's collecting leaves and branches. And he does like a CSI style, you know, like Mm -hmm. jungle hunter master or reading all the evidence of this kill site where this woman had just died and he looks at the site and he determines that this tiger had come up through a ravine so as not to be detected wow while all these women were climbing up these trees collecting branches and these leaves and this woman just happened to be the first one coming down the tree no the tiger leaps up grabs her by the foot <gasps> yanks her down and he's doing the CSI stuff, and he finds like strands of her skin from the palms of her finger, her palms and her fingers, where she's holding onto the branches where the tiger yanked her out. Tuma, ew, no, I no. I told you, it gets That's... graphic. Uh... Uh, you know, she's struggling. He tracks this blood trail out of this ravine to some bushes where, you know, he decided, oh, well, this is where he'd eaten the kill. And he claims that man-eaters like this eat everything, including, like, the blood-soaked clothes. Okay. But, you know, too much time has passed, and the tiger is long gone. But this is his first, like, experience with the man-eater. He's read all the clues. He sees that they, like, kind of hide and do this little surprise attack. So they never find your body? No. Wow, he just gobbled her up somewhere else, probably. And he talks about this, because a lot of this is from a book that he wrote about man-eaters, hunting all these man-eaters. And he talks about, like, you know, in in the Hindu religion in India, they need to be able to cremate something. So he, like, part of when he's doing this, he's, like, looking for remains. 
and he like finds like a couple shreds of bone, and that'll be enough to do the okay. cremation thing. Whew. Good. So Good that's part of it. Like, oh, well, I found some bones. Here you go. And um, I'm sorry if you're gonna talk about this, but those women, like, did they ever come down out of the tree? Oh yeah, everybody just runs away when somebody gets attacked. But you're safer up in the tree, right? Once a tiger gets one, they just kind of drag it away. And oh, God. He's, to eat it. He's not hungry anymore. Yeah. Okay. They Basically, they grab him, quickly kill him, and then drag him somewhere far away. So he could, at some point, he just couldn't follow the trail of blood anymore? Well, he, when he got there, it had already happened, you know, a long time oh, ago. So he was just investigating all the evidence. Sure, sure. See, like, how it hunts and everything. Yeah. So he found the kill site, and he found all this stuff. I got the Tiger's you. long gone understood understood go somewhere else in the dead of night so while he's at this small village where this where he's investigating all this stuff he hears about this other story that happened in the same village a year before tiger attacked there a year before and basically these two women were out on this hillside collecting sticks or cutting grass or something and their sisters and the tiger comes up grabs one of the women Starts yanking her, pulling her away. This other sister is screaming, running after, you know, trying to save her sister. Okay. For about 100 yards, bravely is trying to save her sister, who is dead. And the tiger drops the kill and (sighs) roars at this woman. And she, you know, terrified, runs down this hillside. She doesn't know, but everybody in the village is seeing all of this happen because it's up on the hillside. (laughs) Okay. So she's running down, screaming for help and everything. And nobody's going after this tiger. (laughs) You're going to die too. She comes down screaming for help, hysterical. And because of this shock and everything, she completely loses her ability to talk. So when Corbett arrives at the village, she's still mute like a year later. Wow. From just the shock and from screaming and crying, cannot talk. So this is the kind of day-to-day life that these people <laughs> in these villages, like terrifying. So here's a story, and that is at the small village. But next, he decides to go to Champawat. And Champawat is the sort of central town in this tiger's hunting grounds. So you have Champawat is a central town, and then there's other villages all around it, you know, like 20, 30 miles away. I just realized that I'm letting you do this episode on extinction events, uh-huh. and <laughs> it's all about these poor humans who are being preyed upon, and we're trying to extinct this this one tigress. Well, yeah, that part, I should have set this up a little. Like, how does this apply to extinction event? And there's two ways you could look at it. The tiger is trying to extinct people, maybe. Maybe. Or they're trying to extinct this tiger, this one specific tiger. It's cheating either way. It's it, not really an extinction. I feel a lot of you're trying to make me feel empathy for the humans. Which is that you're just trying to mess with my I'm head getting here. into the, I'm tapping into the emotions of it for sure. It's terrifying. Because 436 people. I know, but normally it's humans killing off entire species who number way more than 400. We're talking billions and billions of animals. 
that we've extincted. <laughs> so, look, what this tiger did is remarkable. And as far as the war, if there was a war between animals and people, this animal, like, totally fought back and will never be matched for how efficient it was at killing people. And that's what. That's it's why a I legend. Sit- it's a beast of Champawat. Yeah, it's a legend. But can you imagine? I'm just thinking of Planet of the Apes. And what if there was tigers that were that smart? And they... Oh, you stand no chance. Yeah, humans well, would be I extinct. Mean, same with gorillas, too. Yeah. This Okay, you're right. Anyway, okay. Okay. So next, Corbett, <laughs> he decides to go to Champawat, central town in this big region. Mm-hmm. And while he's there, another attack happens. Good. Once again, a group of people are on the outskirts of town collecting sticks. And this young woman is attacked and dragged away. Dude, wait. What are they collecting sticks? What is Everyday stick life. Based? This is turn of the century. 1900s, you know, India, rural villages. They're collecting leaves for livestock and sticks to make baskets and stuff. Firewood. Okay. Okay. It's your job. It's your everyday life. It's like a stick-based society. I don't. <laughs> it is. They're out there collecting sticks. At any time, can be dragged <laughs> away by a tiger, which is what happens. So this young woman's attacked, dragged away. The whole group flees for their lives, but you know they immediately send word to Corbett. Like one guy just goes, "Go get Corbett." They go run and get him. He's like staying at some little bungalow nearby. Mm, nice and. Corbett gets to work tracking down this tiger. He follows the trail of blood for hours, right? Because basically the tiger is going to drag him, chomp a little bit. You know, here comes a rescue party. Huh? i got to drag him a little bit more. And like I said, this is the tiger's 436th kill. So they, she's been through this before. But she hasn't faced a hunter like Corbett before who is very good at tracking and is pursuing them. So this tiger is starting to get pissed because usually a rescue party is just going to go for a little while and then give up because, you know, what are you going to do? She's going to kill Corbett. No, well, we know he she doesn't because <laughs> he writes a book. But <laughs> but she's getting pissed because it's hours and hours and he's still tracking her. Mm. And she starts growling at him from the bush. Nice. Corbett has not seen this tiger, but... He can hear it growling at her, mm-hmm. uh, gr- her growling at him. And he's like, well, this is my chance to, you know, go. But she keeps retreating, keeps going past. Finally, it's getting too dark and Garba has to backtrack. But how, how terrifying would that be if you're out by yourself? Imagine going to the zoo and you see a tiger. Now, there's nobody else at the zoo and it's just growling at you and all the lights are out. Terrifying. Yeah. So he has to backtrack. Again, probably peeing his pants the whole time. He goes back to the town and like regroups and make a plan for the next day because the tiger's still out there. I don't know how he knows the tiger's still out there, but it is. So he decides he's going to very quickly organize a beat. He gets the help of this guy who's called the Tessildar, who's kind of like the regional tax collector for these villages. You know, he's got like some standing and he gets this Tessildar to send word that they're going to organize this beat for the next day that night you know sends out as much as he can get people here by midday the next day 
he managed to get 298 men for this beat. And the plan is they're going to try to drive the tiger into a ravine where Corbett can shoot him. So all these men line up across this ridge with guns and pots and pans and drums. And I think it's like a mile, almost a mile long, this ridge. So there's a ton of people. So they all line up and they start rolling rocks and getting loud and banging drums and stuff. And Corbett is hiding in the grass down at the mouth of this ravine. And the plan works. The tiger comes running down this ridge. Corbett immediately gets a shot off. Pew! Misses. He fires again. Pew! And wounds the tiger. Hits it somewhere in the back. But it's still capable of running away. He takes a third shot and misses again. And he's now all out of bullets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he just got... 300 men and <laughs> what only four bullets i know, it was three three bullets he says in the book like he never thought he'd get two shots off so three was like overkill but it's like what do you not have any pockets is it one of those old timey where you pull it back and you just put two in is that I well th- like a shotgun yeah wow this is single cartridge but you'd still think like if you have them, why not bring six bullets? I don't know. But he's out of bullets. He said he never thought he'd get the chance to shoot off two bullets. You know, the tiger's pretty close at this point where he is out of bullets. And he's fully expecting the tiger to charge him and kill him. Because that's what they do when De- confronted. Deserved. But she doesn't. She kind of slinks away and hides under like these bushes off this ledge. Right? She's, on this cliff. This big rock. Corbett takes this opportunity to sprint to the Telsildar, who's got a gun, mm-hmm. and sprint back and face off with the tiger again. They're like 20 feet apart. Tiger's roaring at him. Rawr, you know, He takes aim. This great hunter shoots her in the foot. Mace <laughs> 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 misses her. But like that's all it took. Oh. She's already wounded. Gets shot in the foot. Flump. <laughs> Falls over dead. Do you, does you think she didn't go after Corbett because she was injured? Probably. She thought about it, but then, okay, no, my back really it hurts too bad to do this. I'm just going to... And who hasn't been there? You know. <laughs> I was going to do this thing, but my back's acted up. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody over the age of 35. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just flops down dead. Everybody's celebrating. They're, they're chanting. This one guy who's part of the beat, one of the beaters, is like doing this chant about how this tiger killed his wife and his two kids. You know, it's like wow. very personal for these people. Yeah. This has been a scourge, a devil. Like they say, the devil's dead. Uh-huh. This is a huge deal. But here's the thing. Tiger's sitting there dead, and Corbett's doing like this post mortem, like looking the tiger over. And he immediately notices that Tiger has two teeth that are completely broken off. And he determines it was like a result of a gunshot sometime in this tiger's youth, a long time ago, that these two teeth were that completely broken off. And he knows that immediately this would make this mm. tiger oh my impossible to hunt 
its usual prey. Insane. He determines oh. right there that because of these two teeth are the reason why this tiger became a man-eater. I have chills right now. I don't even know what to say. Like, we did it. <laughs> it was us again. <laughs> Unbelievable. And in his books, he makes this claim a lot with man-eaters. It's yeah. never they're just hunting humans to hunt humans because they're easy prey. It's usually because some other thing pops up where they can't get their usual prey and they have to go towards humans. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Wow. I, did, I didn't see it coming and I think I've heard that before too, but... Chills. I'm, yeah, it, she's not extra smart. She's just surviving because of something terrible that happened to her and you can't fault her for that i mean the guy like the one guy's entire family got eaten by this tiger like (laughs) (laughs) it's not funny it's not funny but but i'm saying all of this humans building there's there's a domino effect right yes but the psychology behind humans wanting to build cities and control nature is because of things like, yeah, an animal killing our whole family, right? There was a balance and the balance got tipped. Yeah. Because at one point this tiger got shot and its teeth got messed up. And now it gets shot again. After killing 400. Corbett continues hunting man-eaters. This is at a time where the loss of habitat is happening. Deforestation is, you know, is really yeah. going up. Diminishing prey, all those extinction kind of factors are really kicking into gear. So they're driving more and more of these tigers and leopards to hunt humans for food. This is just kind of the beginning of Corbett's career. You know, he took down this one legendary man eater, yeah. but everything was there to happen again and again and again because animals and people are being driven closer together. And these circumstances were going to happen. So he kind of yeah. makes a whole career out of this. Kind of jealous. I mean, I would never shoot a tiger unless it was, you know, right on top of me. But he's taking care of the dirty work. We caused all these things to happen, whether it be injuring them or habitat loss or whatever. And now he has to come in and take care of the, like, you know, and it, the it's, backwater, backwash. It's interesting because he's like a conservationist kind of type like a naturalist right and he kind of sides with the tigers and nice on a lot of this stuff he's like well this is just the way things are happening you know we can't live together like this wow um, i've come full circle on this guy (laughs) i was really hating on him and now i'm fully behind him (laughs) i would like carry an extra bullet for him in case he ran out when he was shooting some (laughs) animals so he ends up facing all these other man-eaters, but none of them, none of them will even ever come close to the Beast of Champawat and the 436 people that she managed to kill. I know. I keep so. thinking I'm supposed to fill something from that number, and I, I don't, but... Um, it's just an astounding number. I guess. Again, how many passenger pigeons did we kill? Well, imagine if a passenger pigeon killed 436 people you'd be like this is insane you didn't believe it right off the bat that's that's why it's crazy it's an unbelievable number it is 
But when you look at how she's able to evade capture and go through this huge region and just pick off people. Super smart. Here she should be eating, I don't know what normal prey in that area would be, like small mammals, others, you know. Yeah, like deer and stuff. But she can only eat humans because they're easy targets. <laughs> Everyone else has <laughs> had to like, you know, millions of years to at least yeah they could run really fast run really fast yeah and it's smart enough to know when a tiger is coming but what was really remarkable is her intuition to keep moving on and do it during the day which she must have watched or maybe there was like a tiger uh father or mother figure who taught her that you know could be or just that's when people are out and they're tasty. So there's one more part. Okay. So after this tigress is killed, Corbett skins it. Right. He's going to take it as a trophy. The head, you know, the whole deal. Well, not like. Like a big tiger rug, basically. Is he going to eat the meat? No. The villagers like take all the meat. And okay. They can make like charms out of stuff and dispatch it all around the region. It was a big deal, obviously. They had a whole big celebration. Yeah. Okay. So he takes the skin and he's making this long journey back to where he lives, right? And this journey takes him. He decides to stop at that small village where that lady who was mute, you know, oh my lived. God. And he's going to surprise her. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> he goes to the, like, hut where she lives and he, like, lays out the tiger skin out front. <laughs> so this isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> Lays it out in front of her hut, and like her kids are like yelling, yelling like, "What's going on?" She comes out, sees the tiger, and apparently is so shocked that she regains her power to speak, and is screaming for the village to come see, come and see what the hunter brought. Uh, okay. <laughs> Not what I was like, okay, she had a heart attack and died. Uh, yes. She's <laughs> very happy. That's cruel to put that rug out there like that. <laughs> Surprise! I mean, he did come by and say, like, originally, like, I'm hunting the tiger. So next time he comes by, you know, it's not like. It's total surprise. For but. a second, I thought he was going to drape it <laughs> over his body and like poke his head into her door. <laughs> I, who knows if that happened at all? I, you know, yeah. But <laughs> it's from his book and it's a nice ending to the story. The chances of that happening seem pretty slim to me, but weirder things have happened. So I, sure, I'll go for it. Uh,. <laughs> <laughs> wow. that's it that's the beast of chump that's it uh-huh man what do you no- normally do right now you just you're ready to like take your headphones off and get out of, of the room or like my are you <laughs> do i ask you a question what happens next i well i just you know you reflect on i'm i'm sweating and i I don't know if it's because of the story or because I'm just like nervous to be you uh, for one episode, but it's a remarkable story. And I hope that the takeaway is more about, 
Yeah, it totally works for Extinction Event because it's about we created this monster. And then we had it's, to do it, away with the monster. It's kind of run... This story runs parallel to a lot of stories that we tell because it has those elements of like deforestation, habitat loss, and like, you know, their natural prey. That stuff is happening on the peripheral and it's causing these man-eaters to come out of the woodwork, mm-hmm. right? So it's a similar story, but not one that we normally focus on. Normally, when we when there's habitat loss and all that, we see a loss in whatever mammal we're doing or whatnot. Uh, fish. Uh, yeah. Tacopa pup fish, perhaps. Oh, God, Tacopa pup fish. Not so much humans getting killed from it you know humans usually are the ones killing humans in general look i've always been a big proponent of gratuitous violence on the pod because that's what the people want (laughs) yes it's true you're right this guy hands down will be the most watched episode ever and i'll just like cry myself (laughs) to sleep for the rest of my life but and you had said that you may make this a thing where you do other man eaters maybe I think it's hilarious uh, because... They strike back. Normally, they need to be provoked in some extraordinary way. Extraordinary circumstances. Yeah. And not just... That's not the nature of things anymore. Like, we don't have all these animals trying to kill us all the time. Yeah. And I think reading about it, that's where my head went. was like, oh my God, that reality, which is most of human history, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of just being out there like at the whim of some apex predator who could come snuff you out at any time. Terrifying. Yeah. It makes sense why you would want to um, get rid of all the wolves and kill all the tigers. (laughs) It's true. It's true. But we need them. We're all part of the same ecosystem. We can't just be humans. Mm -hmm. So we've got to figure something out. And they're cool as hell. Humans are? Tigers. Tigers. I know. I do. Next time I go to the zoo, I want to like really sit for five minutes. Five minutes. Honestly. Look at those teeth. We've, yeah, we've talked about this at the zoo. I'm really uncomfortable in front of the tiger cage. I don't like to spend too much time because it's like a loaded gun walking around. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I know that there's glass and they theoretically can't get out. But a part of me is like, but maybe they can. And I'm just going to get as far away from them right now as I can. I'll just walk by at a fast pace. So Corbett says in the book, like, after his first hunt, he's like, the rule is now I only hunt alone because I can't trust the guy, another guy with me with a gun to not be terrified and, like, accidentally shoot me. Because <laughs> did that, that happen? Probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, the Tesseldar had like sent some guy with a gun to help him out, and this guy was terrified, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like shaking with his hand on the trigger, like walking behind Corbett. Corbett's like, I can't do this. This guy's going <laughs> to kill me. <laughs> so he like, hey, go sit up on that rock and look out for the tiger. Wow. And just leaves him there. <laughs> and he's like, I'm never again. Like, oh. you can't. I can only do this alone. What's the name of his book? I want to read it. Let me Google it. Google it real quick. Um, Corbett sounds so rad. I bet people were 
dying to have a drink with him at the local bar. Oh, yeah. He's definitely one of those figures like that turn of the century, like explorer types who just spends their days at the Gentleman's Society pub Uh regaling everyone with tales. Uh, so this is from Man Eaters of Kumon. So just one of the the Chumpawat, Beast of Chumpawat, which is one of the stories. K U M O N. K U M A O N. K U M A O N. The Manhunters of Kumon. Mm-hmm. He has several books though. Anyway, so it's the Tigress of Chumpawat. The Beast of Chumpawat. The Beast. She doesn't even get Tigress, which is the best name wow check well thank you this has been illuminating and fascinating thank you so much for doing the work uh yeah anytime i feel like it you know anytime you feel- i'm definitely not doing this every week do you have another manhunter on the back burner that you're thinking about? no i haven't really looked but there are other ones yeah maybe i'll, I'll glance at them and see if they're interesting stories but it's going to be hard to beat the ultimate it will but maybe you could just do short little stories i'd love to hear more man-eater stories from you they're pretty cool all right so that was pretty long i don't think we're gonna have time for my thylacine update we could do it next week though um because we were gonna go through the the voicemail yeah real quick let's do that guys uh it's connor again back at you i really appreciate you guys doing the Javan tiger episode and um thank you for shouting me out i really appreciate it um and if the show hopefully i really hope it does not get canceled i was thinking uh could you guys do an episode on the California grizzly bear? Um, well, that's all I wanted to say. And once again, thank you for uh, the shout-out and for the episode. And if you ever need an animal, just give me a call. Bye. Excellent suggestion, first of all. Always hear good to hear about Connor. I was actually thinking about Connor because Weird. this is a tiger episode and mm-hmm. he suggested the job in Tiger. So I was mm-hmm. like, maybe Connor will get a kick out of it. I yeah. he, I think he'll like it, yeah. Uh, and you, as you're concerned about getting canceled, we are always on the verge of getting canceled. <laughs> always. By society, by ourselves. We can't put you at ease there, but I don't have any intention of... Uh canceling it it could change tomorrow melissa's the engine here as long as she wants to keep doing it i'll keep popping in and making the little remarks well now that you're doing man eater episodes this might be the last one (laughs) i think it makes my job a little easier i never thought we'd get to 10 episodes now we're at 40 plus so yeah. Pretty impressive. And definitely we'll do the California Grizzly. I think you're going to have to wait for that tree frog episode, which I, I think is going to be next week. So 
Well. That's it. Thanks for coming to my episode of Extinction Event featuring Melissa Thomas. How'd I do? Great. Yeah? It's, it's the easiest job in the world. It, I am... It's not that easy. It really is. This is not my bread and butter. I was like having trouble following and I was like, wait, wait, I tell me more about that. I interrupted a million times. That's what I do. You're doing exactly what I do. Oh, I did say there would be nudity in this episode. Yeah. And technically there was. I just didn't call it out. But when the tiger grabbed the young girl and dragged her away, he ripped off her clothes. Oh, when you were saying that, you made it sound like he just ate the clothes. Yeah, that happened too. I talked about two deaths. Clothes came off in both of them. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. A Peg Leg Deer production.